Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Pigskin Frenzy on this wonderful Thursday. Thank you for joining us. I'm Joel Norris, and whether you're watching on YouTube, listening on Podbean, or listening on Spotify, a big thank you for taking some time out of your Thursday to just sit back, watch, and listen to some NFL coverage presented by me. If you're watching on YouTube, subscribe to the channel, leave a like on the episode, and leave a comment down below. If you're watch listening on Podbean, all you got to do is share around with others and follow on the page there. If you're listening on Spotify, same thing. All you have to do is share around with others and follow on Spotify. We have Twitter and we have Facebook. Twitter, it's at pigskin underscore frenzy, all lowercase. All you have to do is type it in and you'll finish follow it. You'll get episode updates and notifications and news and highlights across college and NFL football. Facebook, same thing. All you got to do is type pigskin frenzy in Follow the page, like the page, leave a review if I've, you know, said something that you've liked or, you know, hey, you know, this guy said something that <laughs> I didn't quite agree with. Just leave a, leave a review on there and uh, it helps the show improve and it helps me uh, know what I can do better and what the show can improve on as a whole. So just leave a review, like the page, follow the page, and once you do that, you'll get notification updates for episodes and you will get highlights and news coverage across college and NFL football. Today is Thursday, so as always, NFL Day, and we're going to be talking about more of free agency moves and trades and uh, just all the, you know, the signings and you know releases and everything that's up to date currently. Um, and then we're going to be talking about the landscape of the AFC East. It's just like the NFC South and how busy it's gotten there, it's gotten quite busy in the AFC East. I mean, with the Bills, the Jets, the Dolphins, you name it, it's getting it's getting quite active, and it it so a lot of noise is being made in the in that division. And we're also going to be talking about the NFL draft some more. And, and again, I mean, we got to be talking about the draft up until draft day. I mean, we're going to get more and more in detail and in depth about the NFL draft as time goes on and as close and as, you know, as the days inch closer to Kansas city and you live from union station in Kansas city, Missouri. So that's going to be good. I mean, draft day in uh, April 28th through April 30th, I believe. No, it's April 27th through April 29th. Um, live in Kansas city uh, on NFL network, ESPN, ABC and draft coverage on pigskin frenzy up until draft day. Now we're also going to be talking about later in this episode, uh, uh, article I saw was which is about the top three quarterbacks currently in this league. That's a discussion that I would like to talk about. And again, just sit back, sit tight. You're not going to want to miss that discussion. Very interesting. And it's going to be a good episode today here for Pigskin Frenzy. Now let's kick it off with some news and some highlights and some coverage across the league with moves and free agency and just everything going on in the league currently. And this happened last week, but we're going to talk about it now. Uh, currently, the Cowboys have released Ezekiel Elliott. My thoughts on this are, it's not as a shocking thing as I expect it would be. Like when I got, when I, when I saw it on there, NFL insiders reported it. I was sitting to myself thinking, okay, I mean, it's not all that bad because you have Tony Pollard who recently got franchise tagged by the Dallas Cowboys there with you. But we, you got to think about it and you're just sitting there thinking, okay, this, you know, it kind of has a little bit of an effect because, I mean, it's Ezekiel Elliott. 
I mean, look what he did at Ohio State. Look what he did early on with the Dallas Cowboys. He was a rushing champion in 2017. And he, and quite frankly, around that time, was running really, really hard. Running hard across the league, and opponents were thinking, okay, how are we going to stop this guy? If you play fantasy football on there, about that and around that era, a draft Ezekiel Elliott. <laughs> and, I mean, you can still draft Ezekiel Elliott. He'll get you some points, but I'm saying, like, if you're around that time frame and you're living around that time frame and you were, you know, playing fantasy football around then, you're going to want to draft an Ezekiel Elliott. He was a, a phenomenal runner for the Dallas Cowboys, phenomenal running back in general. I mean, and, and I think he'll land somewhere. There's going to be somewhere that, you know, who's, someone's going to pick him up. An organization's going to want an Ezekiel Elliott. I don't know right now who you would look at. Maybe, I mean, you can add some depth, you know, to your running back room. I mean, what what would be a good pickup right there? And and my thoughts on this would be the Philadelphia Eagles. Even though they've added Rashad Penny through free agency, that's another move there. You could pick up an Ezekiel Elliott there and see what happens. And, I mean, I know it's a rival, but think about it. I mean, that's a good pickup for the Philadelphia Eagles. You get an Ezekiel Elliott after losing a, a a a good running back like Miles Sanders to the Carolina Panthers in free agency. That's a good pickup there. I mean, you have Rashad Penny, you have Ezekiel Elliott. I think, in my mind, the Eagles would be a good fit for Ezekiel Elliott, especially with that high octane offense with Jalen Hurts and AJ Brown and Devontae Smith. So that's a really good pickup there in my mind, but. Back to this, I think that he played well for the Cowboys. Uh, there was a lot of rumors that Jerry Jones uh, was thinking about keeping him, but also, you know, leaning towards the fence like, oh, yeah, we have Tony Pollard, and Tony Pollard's been doing a really, really good job for us. Ezekiel Elliott, it may have just been a mutual thing, and it was just time to go for Ezekiel Elliott, and it was time to go uh, and move on to the future for the Dallas Cowboys. So the Cowboys cut and release Ezekiel Elliott officially. My thoughts on it are, you know, like I said, go to the Eagles <laughs> or try to, if, if you're an Eagles fan, you're looking at that and being like, okay, Ezekiel Elliott, maybe a good pickup for around with Rashad Penny. You got the power and the balanced attack. And then you got the speed with Rashad Penny. So you get two rotating forces there good offense on the running game and the ground game. And through the air, you got Jalen Hurts, you got A.J. Brown, you got Devontae Smith. Just a thought. Just a thought for uh, on that one for, for you know, the Eagles to, to try to look into. Other news, we had J uh, Jalen Ramsey getting traded to the Miami Dolphins. I'm going to talk a little bit more about the Miami Dolphins in the AFC East landscape discussion, but this is a huge pickup. I mean, they uh, they got they were it was acquired from a trade from the Rams. It was a huge, huge you know you know move for the Miami Dolphins and the Rams to make. Um, and, and listen, it's hard to lose a Jalen Ramsey. Let's just be honest. He's a phenomenal defensive back. He locks down receivers almost. He phenomenal talent. That's all. I mean, that's that's point. That's, that's what it is. He's a phenomenal talent. It's hard to lose a Jalen Ramsey, but if you're investing in the future like Los Angeles is, then you think, okay, it's not so bad after all. So you're just sitting there, you know, okay, you know, it's not that bad. We're just going to invest in the future. You can have Jalen Ramsey now with the Miami Dolphins. They get a 
elusive defensive back, in my mind, a top five defensive back in the league, probably top three defensive back in the league. And you get, you know, you get an A-plus effort with Jalen Ramsey every time you step onto the field. So Miami, huge pickup. They're already building something down there anyway, and that's what I was going to talk about in the AFC East discussion soon. But it's a huge pickup already. You get, I mean, you have on offense, Tua, Tungavailoa. You have um, you have Jalen Waddle. You have Tyreek Hill. Now you, <laughs> now you have a Jalen Ramsey on defense. They're building something up there, and they're working. You know, they're putting in work, and Mike McDaniel is no joke. He is trying to uh, add some more pieces to that defense Along with Bradley Chubb, they acquired Bradley Chubb last uh, last season uh, d- during the season in November. So I mean, it was a good good pickup for the Miami Dolphins. There, the Jets going towards the AFC East. The Jets have traded wide receiver Elijah Moore only to add to, uh, Mecole Hardman. And Alan Lazard. So that's two big pickups right there. The Jets traded Elijah Moore and add Mecole Harmon from the Chiefs and Alan Lazard from the Packers in the process. Now, I'm going to talk about the Jets a little bit more in depth in the AFC East landscape discussion. So I was just going to hit on those points there. Another good pickup right there. Um, Darren Waller got traded to the Giants. You think about, you know, what's going on there. Uh, You're thinking about, okay, who do we need, you know, to help out Daniel, Daniel Jones in the air attack. So who am I throwing to? You lost Kadarius, Tony, Uh, Kenny Galladay's gone. We need to add some more pieces. Who do we get? That's a good pickup right there. I think Darren Waller is an elusive tight end. He was an elusive tight end for the uh, Las Vegas Raiders. Good pickup. Good Good acquisition. He was a a threat with Derek Carr. I think that was a good move to make if you're the New York Giants to trade for Darren Waller. Speaking of the Raiders, they don't come in empty-handed in this process. They turn around and sign tight end O.J. Howard. So Las Vegas Raiders sign O.J. Howard. Another good move. He was with the Texans is where he was with. He was with the Texans last season. He was a an elusive tight end for them. Uh, great speed for the for any team you get uh, for any team you know who you know who picks him up. So a a, a good good pickup there uh, for the Las Vegas Raiders. That's a lot of the moves and uh, you know and uh, trades really and uh, releases and signings that have happened so far that is up to date with the NFL there. Now, we're going to move on to the, like I said, the landscape of the AFC East. Now, if you look at the AFC East landscape, it's huge. I mean, everyone's building, and it seems like not because, okay, it was AFC East. It was a Patriot-heavy division. You think about that, and you're scratching your head like I'm doing right now, and you're thinking, okay, you know, well, how is this a big-time division? Because it was a Patriots division. Then it got taken over by Buffalo. Now it's competitive. And let me tell you why it's competitive. You got the Dolphins building. You got the Jets building. You got the Patriots coming back up with a new uh, offensive coordinator in Bill O'Brien. Well, sorry, old is new again in Bill O'Brien. But 
And then you still got the Bills there. The Bills aren't going to give up lightly. You got Josh Allen. You got Stephon Diggs, Gabriel Davis. You, I mean, you have on defense at Oliver. You have um, Von Miller. I mean, you got a, a solid defense. You got a, a, a pretty solid offense, offense led by a elite quarterback who we will get to later on in this episode. Um, it's just a good and all over overall a great organization, great team, and great coaching. Sean McDermott's a really, really good head coach. So the Bills are still there. You know, you got to worry about the Bills. They're number one currently. But then you start to think, okay, it, maybe it's not such an easy race for the Buffalo Bills anymore. You're not thinking, okay, they're automatically going to win the division. They're automatically going to go go to a top spot in the playoffs. You got to think. It's competitive now. It's starting to get competitive, especially after last season. It started with Miami. Miami with Mike McDaniel, first-year head coach from last season, um, elevates Tua. Unfortunately, Tua went down with a series of concussion injuries. Then you had Tyreek Hill. You trade for him during the offseason before 2022. Then you get Bradley Chubb on board. Then you have Jalen Waddell. It's literally just overall and you look at the Miami Dolphins, they are an up-and-coming team that is going to be a threat in the conference and in the NFL, and they're going to make a lot of noise come playoff time. So, and, and come playoff hopes for any other you know team that's fighting or vying for a playoff spot. Miami is a team that you don't want to look past now. It's not an automatic win. Miami is, they'll, they'll come for you, and then they will, you know, Make you make you suffer if you look past them and you know take them lightly. Now you got the Patriots again. The Patriots are they had a little downhill, and, and it's been like this ever since the greatest quarterback to ever play our play our game of football, Tom Brady, ended up leading with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, eventually retiring in the process. But he ever since they left, the Patriots have kind of been on a downhill slope. I think the one bright that oh, no, nah, I would say one, I would say two bright spots they have now are Matt Jones and Bill O'Brien. I think Bill O'Brien did a really good job uh turning himself into a, I would say, a high profile offensive coordinator at Alabama. He helped Bryce Young out a lot. I think that he will develop Matt Jones into a NFL high caliber quarterback as Mac Jones has traits to be a top quarterback in this league. Right now, he's just in the middle of the card. I'll get to the quarterback conversation later on into the show, but you think about it and it's like, okay, he's he's got the potential. And now we just need an offensive coordinator to elevate that. Last year, the Patriots did not have that. They didn't have the right offensive coordinator and the right offensive mind to elevate a quarterback like Mac Jones, but now you do, you know, now you do. Now here's the, the thing the Patriots need to do. Now you have to get more weapons around you and you have to build around Mac Jones. He drafted him at number 15, a couple of years back for a reason. Now's the chance in 2021, you drafted Mac Jones. Now's the time to go and uh, build around him and build your whole offense around him and make him, not the next Tom Brady, because let's be honest, no one's going to be a Tom Brady ever. However, you can build him into the Mac Jones and build him into a superstar name like he has the potential to be if you get pieces around him in Foxborough. So, I mean, 
my take on it is the Patriots are on their way back. I think the offensive coordinator hire with Bill O'Brien may have been the start of it. You just got to give it time. Now you got to develop, get new players in. Is it going to happen this season? It may not happen this season. I mean, it may happen this season. It may not. It may. You know, who knows? I'm, I mean, I can't just sit there and say, oh, it's not going to happen. And it most likely won't. But at the same time, I may be wrong. It could happen right away. However, these t- I know these things in, in the build-up process take time. Rebuilds take time, and they take effort and hard work. And the Patriots are going to put in hard work. You got a legendary Hall of Fame coach with Bill Belichick. You have a fired-up young quarterback in Mac Jones, an offensive coordinator who is back in Foxborough to you know build up some new some new tricks that he's learned from Alabama and what he's done there. So the Patriots aren't going to go away either. Then, last but not least, you have the New York Jets. The New York Jets, who, you know, did not have a great season by no means, but they also didn't have a terrible season by no means. It, it took them until about week 17, week 17, I would say, to knock them out of the playoff contention. So they fought. They fought a lot of teams that they weren't expected to fight this season. Um, they are led by on defense by an excellent defensive back named Sauce Gardner, who, in my mind, was he defensive rookie of Defensive Rookie of the Year, he was. But he was also the best defensive back in the league last season. I mean, he's up there with Jalen Ramsey, and, and, and that's high praise. Jalen Ramsey is is, an, is among the elite of defensive backs and defensive players. Sauce Gardner is becoming an elite defensive back and elite defensive player in the National Football League. So Sauce Gardner, I mean, you got that defense and you got the, the, the action with him. You also have an offense with Garrett Wilson. You had Garrett Wilson, Offensive Rookie of the Year. Great wide receiver. I think he's going to be one of the top in the league soon. And then now, with the you with the free agency signings, you had Nicole Hardman from the Chiefs. A key loss for the Chiefs, by the way, who was a part of a huge Super Bowl offense with Patrick Mahomes twice. Then you have Alan Lazard, who is with Aaron Rodgers from the Green Bay Packers. So that's you, you build up and you're building up your wide receiver room only to get Aaron Rodgers from the Green Bay Packers. If you think about that and you think, okay, well, you know, you're doing something now. I mean, you got a Hall of Fame quarterback. Um, you have a killer receiver room. You have a, an, a good running back. Ground game is there with Brees Hall. You're building something there. It's a competitive offense. Just think about it. All three starting, you have Alan Lazard, you have Nicole Hardman, you have Garrett Wilson. Elijah Moore just got traded from the Jets to the Browns, so he's out of the conversation. And Elijah Moore, taking nothing away from him, a good wide receiver. Uh, but to to add those pieces in for Aaron Rodgers, you had to give up something, you know, and sacrifice something for that. So Elijah Moore, I mean, going to the Cleveland Browns, that will help out Deshaun Watson there. But the Jets, you have... Brees Hall, you have Garrett Wilson, Alan Lazard, and then you have Nicole Hardman with Aaron Rodgers starting at quarterback. Now, it's not a Randall Cobb, Odell Beckham, Alan Lazard, and then a Garrett Wilson combination, but it's pretty close. I mean, that those are some some good wide receivers there. And that's you're building up an offense to get ready for the Hall of Famer or future Hall of Famer in Aaron Rodgers to come in and try to win games there. What does this mean for Zach Wilson? 
I'll have to discuss that in a future episode because that's a that's a discussion there. Now he did say, and I quote, "Whoever is you know going to come in in you know the off season ahead of me, I'm going to give them heck in practice." Is what he said. Uh, yeah, but that's going to be hard when your competition is Aaron Rodgers, <laughs> and it's going to be hard when your competition is a future Hall of Famer. Nothing against Zach Wilson. He's a phenomenal talent. I think this might be a time to where you discuss, okay, are we going to build Zach Wilson like the Green Bay Packers did with Aaron, uh, Jordan Love? Are we going to you know, build, keep Zach Wilson around, build him as a backup to Aaron Rodgers, or are we going to trade him for someone else? That's a whole other conversation. I think, however, it's something that you could discuss uh, we can discuss on a future episode, and it's something that I think the Jets may need to look at, and Robert Saley needs to look at for the uh, head coach of the New York Jets, Robert Saley. He needs to look at that as well. That's the landscape of the AFC East. It's huge. It's you know very competitive, and honestly, if that trade with Aaron Rodgers does become official, and he, you know soon, I don't know who's going to win that division. I can't give you a pick yet. I got to eva- I got to look at all teams and evaluate and just think about you know who can win that because right now because the Patriots are rebuilding I would say it's three-man race between the Jets the Dolphins and the Bills three competitive teams who all three without winning the division can still make the playoffs so I don't know it's going to be tough it's going to be tough to judge right now but the AFC East looks very competitive and very um just very competitive, very driven, and ready to make some noise in the AFC and in the NFL. Moving on to some NFL draft coverage. Um, We talked about last week how Carolina and the Chicago Bears traded that pick. I was going to give you some more thoughts on, you know, what's been going on with the draft and everything going on there. Um, The updates, Pro Day. I mean, Ohio State had their pro Pro Day today. Uh, C.J. Stroud, Jackson Smith, and Jimba had his pro day. Um, they participated, and lights out day for C.J. Stroud, who was now the projected number one overall pick for the Carolina Panthers, and rightfully so. It's looking like and trending in that direction that that's their guy, and that's who they feel comfortable with. You even got Josh McCown, former quarterback for Carolina and former quarterback for the New York Jets and Texans, said, listen, man, if you get a Hey, you know, just joking around about uh, a basketball game, of course. They were talking. They were saying, hey, we'll find you a court in Charlotte once you show up. So it's there have they, there's some real confidence trending towards C.J. Stroud going to Carolina and becoming the future there. Now, what does this mean for Andy Dalton? They just signed Andy Dalton to a, new, to a deal in free agency. What does this mean? It means that he may be a bridge quarterback for the time being as they transition into the future. Does signing Andy Dalton, and you just think about this, I guess, for a second, is signing Andy Dalton actually change anything for the for the Carolina Panthers on picking a quarterback or you know picking their guy for the future in this year's draft? No, it doesn't. It doesn't. I can tell you that's that's an easy no. It's gonna the Carolina Panthers are gonna select a quarterback. They trade it for number one for a reason, just to select the, their future you know quarterback. Um, they even said it on their site. They said we are going to find the future for you know our franchise. Um, it's you know 
and and I believe, I mean, in my opinion, it's going to be a quarterback. I believe that C.J. Stroud is a high, high, highly touted possibility there, and a highly touted pick for them there in Carolina. Um, I would say right after that, you could go with Bryce Young to the Houston Texans. I would say that after that, it's fair game. I mean, it could be, uh, it could be a Will Anderson going to the Cardinals. You can easily do that. Uh, you can add Will Levis in the top 10. You can throw th- that in there. Um, there's a lot of picks and a lot of highly deserving picks in the top 10 that you can make there. Jalen Carter, I think he'll go five, five, maybe six in the NFL draft. And that's how it's looking so far. Right now, the number one pick as of now is looking like it's going to be CJ Stroud from Ohio State. So, just just you know just keeping everybody in touch with what's going on with the NFL draft as everybody preps and as you know I'll just a lie just kind of like a, a look in you know for what's going on there and what's going on with Ohio State and CJ Stroud and an update on the number one pick just in general it's gonna be a fun draft I think there's a lot of people in that you know in you know prospects that kind of surprised me and, and a little bit just kind of let me down a little bit. I would say one person that has impressed me is Nolan Smith from Georgia. I would keep an eye on him. Linebacker, he had a great combine. Um, I would say Anthony Richardson surprised me at the combine as well. He put up some good numbers there. I expect if he, I expect him to do the same if he participates in the Florida Pro Day coming up shortly. I think one person that participated in the combine that let me down, I would say, the one person would be a Kayshawn Boutte. Uh Sorry, my, my, my mistake, Kayshawn Booty. Uh, Kayshawn Booty did let me down a little bit. I think his numbers were not like him. I didn't expect him to run a 4.63. I did not expect his vertical to be that low. I didn't expect anything. Uh, I didn't expect anything that what I got from him. I expected him to be, and, and not just this, I. Let's just if we take a look back on Kayshawn Booty's career, from going from LSU when Ed Orgeron was there, and then now that Brian Kelly's there. Now, Kayshawn Booty, freshman year in the during the 2020 COVID year, was electric for LSU and electric for you know his you know for that team, especially because they were going through hard times, you know, during the COVID year. I mean, coming off of a national championship, then losing everybody and losing games and opt-outs. Jamar Chase, who was supposed to return, he opted out in, in preparation for the NFL draft. So you needed a receiver to step up, and Kayshawn Booty was that guy. He put up against Ole Miss and had one of the best games a freshman receiver has ever had at LSU. Put up over 300-plus yards and about two or three touchdowns. It was incredible. I mean, a good amount of receptions, about – you know, nine to ten plus receptions, then you had three over three hundred plus yards and you know, three, two or two, about three touchdowns. Amazing game from Kayshawn Booty. Amazing game. And 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 then after that, he had a good solid start to the 2021 season. When the 2021 season wasn't looking up for LSU, there was a bright spot on that team, and it was Kayshawn Booty. Kayshawn Booty uh did well. He got hurt in the Kentucky game. He broke his leg, and ever since then it just has not been the same. 2022, they gave him the number, the coveted number seven number. He was, you know, lining up to be a top prospect after coming back uh, for to LSU. Uh, Brian Kelly, new system, new coach, Mike Denbrock at uh, on offensive coordinator there. 
Then, you know, you had a whole new system. You had a whole new quarterback. You had no more Max Johnson. He left. You had Matt, uh, Jaden Daniels from Arizona State coming in and transferring over there. Then you had uh, Garrett Nussmeyer as a backup. You you had some good, valuable weapons, but it just didn't click. Something wasn't off. Uh, he didn't have a the, the best game against Florida State. He had a slow start to the season, and he kind of had – then he kind of had some momentum going towards the side. He had a uh, good game against Florida. Uh, he had a couple of good moments against Alabama. He he looked okay in some spots. He looked even okay in the SEC championship. But he had some games that was just, he wasn't, his mind wasn't in it. And he physically just was disconnected and didn't have the right chemistry anymore with the team uh, last season during LSU's uh a pretty astonishing run to the SEC championship in a loss against Georgia. But Kayshawn Booty was literally just, you know, he was a threat at first, but then turned out to be, you know, just, you know, it, it's, it's kind of a, a, an unknown, a question. You're questioning everything with him. And the combine just left a lot of questions uh, on whether or not is he a really a first-round draft pick. He was. He was a tie. Actually, he was a top five draft pick going in to 2022. Now he's a projected round three, round four pick going into the NFL draft. Um, it, I think that would be my disappointment there would be Kayshawn Booty. I think he is a good enough receiver. And in my opinion, it, on my thoughts on this are it's all mental in a way. I think the knee injury did play a huge part in it. However, I think it's mentally. I think if he is mentally right and mentally ready to play football, he will be an, uh, an incredible talent for any team. I think teams and organizations now are looking at him and thinking, okay, it's just going to take a little bit of, uh, you know, a little bit of time to evaluate and think, okay, do we want him or do we not? Are we going to take that chance or risk on him or are we not going to? It's safe to say that a lot of organizations are going to be like, no, nah, we're going to, you know, we're going to pick somebody else. But there's going to be probably that one organization that's like, you know what, let's pick him, take a chance on him, and see if he flies, you know, and see if he does really well for you know that team and organization. So we just have to see. But I think the biggest disappointment so far when, with me would be uh, wide receiver Kayshawn Booty coming out of LSU now. Uh, there's a lot of talent, a lot of talented prospects, a lot of ta prospects that are talented but are not showing it currently. I think that I mean we're gonna have more updates and more thing, you know, as time goes on, more updates and more uh, coverage for the draft as the Pigskin Frenzy Thursday episodes roll towards draft day. So interesting to see what's going on in the NFL draft and updates on each prospect uh, as we head towards April 27th. Now, moving forward to our, our last discussion that we're going to talk about, and it was interesting. I saw it on Twitter. And it was an article about the uh, who are the best quarterbacks and the top elite quarterbacks in our league. There's three, you know, you name three, and that's what it was. So if you look and think about, you know, who are the top three, it's easy. But then you think, okay, you got Jalen Hurts, you got Daniel Jones, you know, you have you have Aaron Rodgers. You, I mean, you have a lot of quarterbacks out there. You, it, it's it's hard. You have a Brock Purdy coming into his own there. He's up and coming. 
But if you look at it, <laughs> the three, I mean, best quarterbacks, I mean, you can even throw in Lamar Jackson. I, I didn't even think about that for a second. You got to throw in Lamar Jackson, who we'll have more updates as the time goes on with Lamar Jackson and the situation there. Is he looking at other teams? What's going on down there? We'll probably discuss that further next week as more comes out there. But you got to think the the three best quarterbacks, the three elite quarterbacks who are willing to, one, win championships, two, win games in general, and three, not just do those two, but change the entire complexion of your organization and the game itself. If you tie all that in together, number one, Patrick Mahomes. Obviously, he is literally the 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 game bread, the the uh, face of the NFL currently. I mean, there's literally, I mean, there's really no debate on that. I mean, Tom Brady is now gone. I mean, he's retired and he's broken a lot of the records. I get it. Tom Brady's numbers, his his championships, it's hard to be matched up. Seven Super Bowls. I mean, think about that. Also, think about this. He's got more wins than most organizations. Think about that. That's that's insane. You have more wins than organizations. There's a lot. I mean, there, there's a lot of teams out there, and you have more wins than some organizations in the comp in, in the NFL, including the Jaguars and the Texans. That's a 22-year career, and you have more wins over those organizations, period, combined. You're probably one of the greatest quarterbacks to ever do it and the greatest quarterback to ever do it, Tom Brady, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, but now that he's not in the league anymore, we're talking about currently the best quarterbacks. You look at Patrick Mahomes, he's got half of the stats and then almost, you know, leading up to half of those records. And he's got two Super Bowls and he's only 27. Tom Brady played until he was about 45. Now, Mahomes is saying, oh, I don't know if I'm going to play until, you know, 45, and we'll have to see there. But, I mean, you think about it. I mean, half at 27 years old at a young age, that's a little frightening to think. I mean, now you're thinking, what's he going to do next? <laughs> you know, he's got half of that, and he's won two Super Bowls already. Patrick Mahomes, bona fide number one, the game bread of the NFL. Then you got to think, who's number two? Well, my, in my mind, the man that, could be Patrick Mahomes' kryptonite in Joe Burrow. <laughs> I mean, Joe Burrow drafted in, in, as the number one overall pick in 2020 out of LSU, won a Heisman. I mean, national championship, had the best season potentially ever in the modern era of college football. I mean, had a good start until he tore his ACL. And it seems like when, Patrick, when, when Joe Burrow gets hit, and this, this brings me back to the, the 2018 Fiesta Bowl between LSU and UCF. And as you can see, I'm talking about LSU a lot for some weird reason. But LSU, yeah, uh, go Tigers. So LSU, UCF, and then Joe Burrow throws a pick, gets smacked, gets hit. And then pick six, UCF, there's a guy over standing over him talking, talking trash. He turns it up gets three touchdowns, and ends up helping LSU win that game and win the Fiesta Bowl, snapping UCF's two-year undefeated streak in the group of five. So, I mean, <laughs> Joe Burrow uh, is that guy. And ever since then, ever since that hit, 
LSU goes undefeated and wins the Heisman Trophy. For Joe, Joe Burrow wins the Heisman Trophy, then wins the national championship, SEC championship, and wins throughout the playoffs. So, I mean, it's like when something happens to him, something clicks in his head like, okay, they did it now. You know, they, they set off, they, they, I was, I was being nice here. Now I'm just going to start carving, carving defenses and opponents up. Joe Burrow is that guy. He's lethal. They call him Joe Shiesty for a reason because he is, I mean, he is a very lethal quarterback. Um, out of everybody in the NFL, Patrick Mahomes has beaten all of them. He's only beaten Joe Burrow once. Joe Burrow has beaten him three, four times. That says a lot about Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow is number two on my list. Uh, he's let him do a super. He led the Bengals to the Super Bowl in Joe Burrow's second season after tearing his ACL, overcoming adversity once again with his college teammate in tow, Jamar Chase, from LSU. So, yeah, I mean Joe Burrow, number two. Then finally at number three, Josh Allen. Uh, it, it, and it's to me, it's no debate on who the best three quarterbacks are. I think Josh Allen is a lethal quarterback. He just needs the extra push into okay. Let's get over the Chiefs, let's get over the Bengals, and let's finally take an extra step into trying to uh, winning a Super Bowl and bringing a Super Bowl back to Orchard Park, New York. So, again, he's got the weapons, he's got the team around him, he's got the game plan, he's got the coach, he's got the talent. He just needs a little bit of extra push and a little bit of, and, and, and to finally get over that hump of beating the Bengals and Joe Burrow and beating the Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes. Then... There's no dispute he'll be a Super Bowl champion, and to me, still, he is, you know, could be in the MVP conversation. He's just got to be consistent and got to push himself over the hump of getting over the Chiefs and the Bengals. Three best quarterbacks in the league, Patrick Mahomes, Joe Burrow, and Josh Allen. What are your guys' thoughts? Comment below on YouTube and leave comments and reviews on Facebook. That is all we have for today. A huge thank you for listening and watching. Uh, if you're watching on YouTube, subscribe to the channel, like the episode, and leave a comment below. Podbean, share around with others, follow on there as well. Spotify, same thing. Follow on Spotify and share around with others. Twitter, it's at pigskin underscore frenzy. Follow the page on there. You'll get notifications for updates and episodes uh, for Pigskin Frenzy, and you'll get uh, highlights and coverage from across college football and NFL. Facebook, same thing. All you got to do is like the page, follow the page on there, and then you will get notification updates for episodes and highlights and news of coverage across college and NFL football. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for just tuning in, listening, and watching uh, some pigskin frenzy, some NFL coverage today. We'll be back Tuesday with some more college football coverage. I'm Joel Norris signing off, and we will see you for a Tuesday college football edition for pigskin frenzy.